0: Right, yeah. If you if you see the um, credit sequence of EastEnders, I'm probably on there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm Jeffrey. By the way,
0: yeah. nice to meet you, Jeffrey.
2: Yeah, I mean, as these you can imagine, I've just, I just came on. I was battling to get on, so I come on quite late. I find George Orwell and Jeffrey waiting for me. I really, <laughs> 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 really didn't know so what man. to do. <laughs>
1: I'm, so sorry I'm so sorry. i was, I, I was just. In one of those moods,
2: um, <laughs> just thought, play it cool, man. Play it cool. Don't worry. Don't
1: worry. It'll, it'll come on. I mean, if it was spelt differently, it could have been. It could have been Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The mysterious, mysterious Jeff. But um, yes. Yeah, so uh everybody, all right? Then we're recording. Yeah. We're Good. Recording. That's that's kind of like serious now.
3: Right. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start with I think the upcoming season and Mark Cohen, who all who all TTT listeners will know. If you if you're not if if you're listening to this podcast and you don't subscribe to TTT, you definitely should just to read Mark's post. There you go. So so you, you well you've just done. What a uh, seven thousand words pre-season preview. <laughs> so you definitely have to be the person I'm going to first. Uh what what's gonna happen in this upcoming season is the briefest of stars? Well, I mean, just to, to to give a very brief answer, I think
2: you can probably um expect Liverpool to to be um better than what it seems the narrative is. I don't think enough has changed for the others, and I don't think Anything has changed on our end for us to be demonstrably worse, so I think you can look forward to an excellent season for us, perhaps not silverware, but you can't win every year but I, I think it will be an excellent season potentially with a lot of silverware
1: it's um it's difficult to know how different um you know what what kind of impact it will have being you know what what sort of level are we, are we at and can we keep maintaining that, you know, that's the, the my, my worry is that everyone's sort of panicking, that um, everyone else is buying players, we're sort of standing still um, and, and it's just that, that I'm anxious about the reaction of people if we, get, if we have some bad results because it's been kind of two 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 and a half absolutely amazing years, you know, once sort of Coutinho went and Van Dijk, and Van Dyke initially, and then and and the others arrived. It's just been, you know, it's like we could play. We could play even better than last season, and and maybe we wouldn't get the same results. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's absolutely. I mean, you you're absolutely right.
2: So so the one the one thing, and I think maybe you're alluding to this, is that is that football seems to be season on season, just such a fluid thing. It's like it almost seems like it ought to be the same, and then you change one or two small things here, one or two small things there, and the results are vastly different. So uh, yes, but but I, that, that that's true, and and I, I definitely think 99 points is not on the table. I don't think I don't think any team will come close to that. So I think you will see a bit of a, a bit of a regression, maybe to like an 89, 90 point win. I think Bees actually wrote in one of his posts that he was expecting a actually a high a, a high points winning tally because you've got such good teams. I actually think it might be different in the sense that teams will take points off one another. But just to go back onto what you were saying, Paul, about maybe losing. A bit of form, and then a negative cycle starting. That is a possibility. Definitely, it'll be become a possibility if Chelsea or United or City start very well, and we
3: don't start well. I think that could be a problem. Um, so, just one quick thing, and it's and 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 it ties in with what you say about thirty eight games of a season being really fluid. Liverpool got what? 110 from 114 points Brilliant. over a 30 game sample. 36 wins, two draws, right. Never, ever been done in the history of all football not even, in the division. Not even close. I think, wasn't it? Was it 102,
0: Brilliant. the previous record?
3: Uh, yeah. But I, bet, I bet Bees knows. Bet Bees knows.
0: <laughs> I've actually forgotten. Once we obliterated the old record, <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was 102 or 104,
2: 100. I think. Yeah, 102 or
0: 104 sounds about right, yeah. I think we went to 104 um,
1: and then we went to 106 and then we went to 108 and then it's kind of like, you know, this is getting ridiculous now. And then it, it kind of all got forgotten because we had a, you know, people read too much into the end of last season. Absolutely. You know, and and that, that would be my, we've been, people don't think about the emotional impact of, you know, of, of, of tr- chasing this for 30 years, it's not the same players, but they are kind of, they were carrying a lot of that weight. Absolutely. That and I, think, I think, you know, it's kind of the bit of release at the end of last season, standards slipped a bit. Um It's just, it's just, we
2: were just getting to crazy levels, weren't we? Well, well, you know, just to jump into that, and I, I'm not, you know, I'd love to hear Beezer's take on, on the stats because he knows them so well, but I mean, for four mm-hmm. middle-aged, you know, buggers like us, you know, um growing up watching football and, you know, seeing every season, to to win um twenty eight out of thirty eight league games was a hell of a thing. I mean that is a yes. strong that is a strong team. A team wins twenty eight out of thirty eight games, you, you know, you look back, you're like, Oh, these guys are obliterating everybody else. And what
1: what Liverpool
3: wasn't it twenty seven out of twenty eight? No, point? no, but you mean
1: so like Of a whole season, like a a ninety-point season, was a kind of a huge deal, wasn't
3: it? A
2: huge deal. I mean, in fact, in fact, I remember when Chelsea arrived in two thousand and four five. I just remember this absolute feeling of despair I had when they got to ninety five. Not because it was deserved, but just because I just felt it took the meaning out of it a bit. I was like, "Geez, they've they've done
1: something which is unfair. Which is, I just it's not doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right." it still is after inflation, by far and away the most expensive team and squad. And I know we talk about Man City, and people say Man City are the most expensive. Well, they're the most expensive because obviously of inflation. But if you know um, everything gets more expensive, well, apart from right, well, get inflation. But but yes, they were the most. They were they were, and then United spent so much to, to chase them. But yeah, that 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 it was that kind of level of spending as well that you have to put yourself back in the mindset of just how depressing that was. Right,
2: right. So now, so now just to, just to flip that coin a little bit. So now you had these teams getting 28 wins who were very, very good. I mean, I remember the United teams and in fact, the Arsenal teams of, of, of that kind of late nineties, early nineties era who were picking up 86, 87, 78, 79, 85 to win. And they were great teams. They were great teams. So now we come along and we win fifty six 36 out of 38 league games. It's, and we did it with a naturally aspirated side. so, not done with the sugar daddy, not done with Petro money. It's, it's so. I think. Sorry, I mean, just to cut back to the point I'm trying to make is that I just think people are underestimating how good Liverpool are. You know. Oh, that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know there were a few squeakers last year. We had Villa, we had Palace, we had uh, the late equaliser at Trafford, which was vital, Paul. I mean, you spoke about it in your book at length.
3: Southampton. Southampton, second game of the season. They, they did really well. Can I just
1: say about that Southampton game? When I was going back, was, I think um, Adrian may—I guess he gifted the goal at the end, but yes. they, he made a ridiculous saves in that game. Yes, but really? is he, yes. He, did, yeah. he did. Kind of dip at uh, the second half of the season, but th- there was some again. I think away was it away Chelsea? A few games where he made some absolutely brilliant saves before he before he regressed. Yes. To his, yes. um,
3: Saved, it, saved a big chance for Abraham one on
2: one. Yes, yes. yes. It, it also, it also, I think also mentioned in, in in your book as well, Paul. The 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 uh,
1: Mark, 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 You don't get paid for mentions of the book.
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm paid by the click. I'm like
1: Facebook. <laughs>
2: I'm sending a three hundred. I'm sending a three hundred quid invoice to Tom <laughs> after the <podcast. laughs> Bless you, mate. <laughs> so, so right. So, 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 so just to go back onto onto that rather lengthy thought is that w- when I think back to the amount of tight wins we had, even if you take them off, Liverpool would have had a plus ninety point season with a naturally aspirated side, and that is an extraordinary achievement. And and it probably speaks to the fact that we are be- we are better than the rest, even though we kind of well, City are, are looking very good. Their expected goals were superb. United have bought. They are looking good. They've got a lovely side. They're looking good. Chelsea have bought the world you know. even Arsenal have a pretty decent outfit but I think the fact is I think we probably are better and I don't think that much has changed and I think Paul, you said maybe complacency is an issue, I agree, maybe it could be, if, but I just think I don't know, these guys have got a lot to do they've got the Champions League to try and regain we've got to try and repeat the league, I, I don't think motivation will be an issue
3: Bees, Bees just just one quick question yes what's the, what's the official average definition for middle age because i've just turned 40 and i'm not sure that i'm involved in that little section right <laughs> well yeah
0: I, I turned 40 this year as well so let's say that's not middle age yet that's, that's positively young as far as i'm concerned um,
1: what, what, what life expectancy for a man is it 80 <laughs>
0: probably lower isn't it i should think so <laughs> Well, that's, that's really good,
1: we haven't got Chris on. We haven't. So um, I am I think I'm the old. How old are you, Mark?
3: Uh, Forty-one. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we've basically got a youth club and park. Oh, <laughs> I'm really fifty. Ah, oh,
1: <laughs> right. I've, I've got to ask these. Um, one, one thing that Mark, one one thing that Mark wrote, I, I quoted quite a lot in the book. The, the chapter on XG and how Liverpool. Kind of bettered the XG models, and so I quoted Mark stuff on that. Um, just wondered what you. I'm thinking back, bees about your um, you, the, the data visualisations you, you did, and and they're which were always brilliant. The, the the triangles, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. Wasn't that again? Wasn't it pretty much? Um, we deserved pretty much everything we got, and the, the couple of the defeats were. were would deserve but were after we'd won the title is that, is that is that right um
0: yeah that's basically right I mean you can actually run that across pretty much the last two seasons yes. both in league and Europe Liverpool's results have largely matched the sort of underlying performance they've obviously deserved to win the vast majority there's been some close games. Um, they've often done better in the close games than perhaps they should have, but that's just the way of it when you've got good strikers and a good goalkeeper. Yep. And when they've lost, they've generally deserved to, definitely at Watford and uh, definitely at Man City on the on the balance of the chances, although they had some good chances at nil nil. Obviously, Arsenal was, a, was, a, um, was probably wrong on that front, but obviously you're never going to get them all right. But uh, yeah, pretty much every game, um, went with the sort of statistics, basically. When
1: you did that for earlier seasons, it was really, you know, earlier club seasons, it was really streaky. Like, we'd have wins where we should have l- lost and defeats where we should have won. And you don't know, I mean, it, it was a complete mishmash, wasn't it? it um, but then, as you say, yeah. the, the last two seasons, you, you, you visualise it extremely well and it looks, you, you know, on that, plotted on that grid like that, it just looks like it, it, we are as, Uh, You know, we are as good... I mean, uh, something we obviously covered in the book, you know, all of us involved on that, you you know, contribute to that chapter. But um, the Stats Bomb piece, I assume you've read Bees. I've read it, but I can't remember the exact... um, But but, was it um,
0: James... um, James York York. wrote the preview, yeah. Yes,
1: And, and, and obviously they're very... You know, they were kind of not pioneers of XG, but they're obviously, you know, they're hugely stat-based. But the the caveats of, of 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 game state was was mentioned in there, which a lot of people don't really go into, do they? So,
0: no, I mean that was huge. As, as I think I'm pretty sure I've said on this podcast before, but Liverpool were brilliant because they were basically the same, whether they were level or whether they were ahead or whether they were behind. They were roughly one XG per 90 better than their opponents, whatever the game state. And if you're doing that, you've you've got a chance, really. Whereas Man City was sort of far more up and down. Um so yeah, I think just you know your point about um results not matching performances in the in the older days of the Klopp era, I think it's just, as I sort of said already, but it's just having um, you know, a very good goalkeeper, one who doesn't tend to get beaten from outside the area. So teams have to create pretty good opportunities to score. And then obviously we've got um, three very good, um, three very good forwards. I I wrote a piece for somewhere recently. I've already forgotten where. Um, Too
3: many. Ouch! Ouch! I hope it's not (laughs) us.
0: No, no, it's it's probably a reach one, but um, it it basically just a a minor point within it. But it's interesting, is that it's looking at how many um, decisive goals players scored in the Premier League, and this is from the Football Critic website, and they basically define decisive as the one which determined the final game state. So if a team wins four 0 the guy who scores the first goal scored the decisive goal, or if they go two nil up, but then concede a goal, obviously the guy who scored the second goal, um, it's ultimately the winning goal. So that's the decisive goal. And basically there was only a, i think there were seven players in the premier league who scored at least seven of these goals. And uh, three of them are Firmino, Mane and Salah. So wow. instead of having like one player, who can perform in sort of these clutch, important moments. Liverpool had three and nobody else, you know, other teams had one and other teams had a guy who had more than seven. I can't remember if Fardy was top or Ings maybe. But the point is, nobody else had more than one, never mind three.
1: To get one goal a game, it's those one goal, one key goal a game rather than five one week and then none for six weeks sort of thing. Spot on.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at Danny Ings' record, um, I can't remember offhand, but he was pretty much a goal a game. He wasn't sort of hat trick yeah. nothing, hat trick nothing. He was just one goal, you know, more yeah. often than not, kind of every week. I was just thinking, I was thinking about when you talk about that, and I thought, hang
1: on a minute, I mentioned that in the book, and then I just realised that I did that like about a month's worth worth of work on like on a database analysing all the goals and you know creating that huge spreadsheet of trying to work out the connections between all the all the goals in the end didn't get a chance to to finish it and use it but one of the things that i was doing in there was um ranking the goals that everybody scored in terms of goal importance but then i had my own system so like i think if you score uh, the decisive goal but if you score the opening goal to me that's you know that's that's
3: still important. It's uh, the, that's that's more that's important in, than the that's more important than the fourth and third in
1: it. It's basically the only thing it was doing was was just, the, the way I worked it was that pretty much all goals are important unless you're th- you know you're already three you nil know, up, four one up, whatever you know. So that you got the I did, I did a book with um, Oliver Oliver Anderson in two thousand and six where he called them junk goals. Mm. Um, kind of very much into his hockey and American stats and. Um, you know, I think he, I think he was saying about Cisse, Gabriel at the time that he scored a lot of junk goals. You know, um, those those goals where the game's already decided. You know, maybe if you're a substitute, maybe that's
3: the only kind of goal you
1: you get to score anyway. So, uh,
3: in terms of analysis, Paul, Man City had lots of junk XG this season. That's
1: that's that's mm. that's the thing, and that was what Mark wrote in the beast. Just mentioned it about the the game state, and well, I quoted a huge chunk of Mark's article about how bad man city were was it was it when they were level or when they were a goal, uh, goal behind goal behind they i think well,
2: uh, to be exact i think the uh, the the uh, their expected uh, expected goals fell to just around half a goal when they were behind from which is their, crazy which is crazy i mean it's, it's probably a full goal less than their normal game than their other game states
1: and so that just that just shows i mean i i think you have to you have to wonder with City that if they do have a good run where they get ahead in all their early games, does that then suddenly become easier? I think part of the problem that we could have, which I think they had last year, is just that we were relentless. And I think any time City slipped up, we, we 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 would punish them. And we've known what that's been like when we're chasing teams. Yes, and I think that the Aston Villa game was the key one for me where. At the same time, they they'd gone ahead late
3: on. No, got, got, they they were behind Southampton, who had just lost nine 0 to Leicester. Yeah, correct. So they
1: were, correct. They, they it
3: round, correct.
1: And we've got then we've got um, the Robertson and Mane goals late on. That must have that must have really deflated them. And then they, then they lost to, to Wolves around that time. Or you know, I can't remember the exact order of things. But
3: next game, next
1: game. Yeah, well, there you go. So it, it that. If we get into a start like that, then I think that's where you just feel, particularly in modern title races, you just feel brutalised. You like, ah, oh, you know, and and the old days where where you know you would have three or four teams changing positions, you know, uh, and these days if you're out of it quite early, it feels it feels like you're done, and 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 when you've got teams like City and what we've done the last two years, you know, posting sort of nearly a hundred points it 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 has to demoralize the other team and that would be my concern for this season if you think about you know when we won the champions league in 2005 we had our worst champions league season under rafa benitez following season uh, until until the final season where it was all but 2006 we went out was it the last the round of 16 um or $2. I can't even, yeah. you know, ending it this year. I can't even remember what round it was. The, the, the Atletico Madrid game is just kind of lost in a fog of coronavirus and weirdness. But you know, so when you win something, you know, it's almost the hunger. The hunger maybe goes a bit. You know, not complacency, but just that kind of the manic, the manic drive is perhaps not there. And um, so, uh, you know, my, my you know, I, I just think that we could we could start this season. You know, if we start this season how we ended last season, even if unluckily, you know, it could be that it, then it, it will, we could then start to end up feeling like Man City last season. And I, I just want to say about Man City that they felt really kind of mentally brittle last season. But then you also have to look at what they did the previous seasons. Maybe they are only mentally strong when they're when they're up they get even more mentally strong and teams just collapse I think we've got a bit more grit about us than they have but at the same time we're, we're we're now entering a kind of a new era really where you know we are the ones to be hunted down and and just the might you know while I think that team wise I think we can get better I think that just the the mental side of things you know not, not I say not even complacency but just you know, that kind of crazy hunger and of being the of being the underdog, and even you know we're with the under, said that we're the underdogs.
3: Is it, so? I think I think a lot of that is intangibles, but I think Klopp has shown in his whole history, relative to what it was expected of him, he just overperforms to a level that I don't think any of us really comprehend at the moment. I think we're getting there because we were nearly top of the ELO charts of history. Well, well, <laughs> so we were nearly we were nearly the best team yeah. of all time. Yeah, which is incredible. But it's, it's mind-blowing. So I think he just gets... So, so there's two scenarios for this season. The scenario, of one is we get... An average of what we got in the last two seasons, so a ninety-six and ninety-seven point season, or we have what happened with Klopp in his final season at Dortmund, and something happens, and we get what our relative expectations, maybe eighty-five. If we get that, that might be considered a failure, especially if Man City get a hundred. But something might happen. I don't know because we can we've only got one example of Klopp ever having a a, a a sustained no a sustained period of underperformance of results so so statsbomb said at the ta- i remember it at the time they said Dortmund are definitely going to come back. I think they came back to finish seventh. But but they said, they were were just ridiculous. And and Ian Graham, in the interview with Klopp, (laughs) used that example.
1: They were still still kind of a way behind Bayern that season, though, on XG, I would assume, though. They were better than... They they were in the relegation zone, and it pretty much said,
3: you know... but they fourth best team, fourth best team in the, the relegation. So,
1: or. if we were in the fourth, if we were the fourth best team this season, people people will, will go crazy. Do you know what I mean? They will. Um, it depend, again, that depends on if you end up fourth with 60 points or fourth with 80 points. 85. People would still go crazy, but um, obviously, the level of craziness would, would you know, and, and who is above us that would, you know, if it's Everton, Man United, and Man City.
3: That would, you know, there would be a lot of fans. Just, yeah, you know. Final bit on the pre- preview, Mark. Two of the key factors that I took from your two pieces were ends domination and environment environmental domination. Uh, yeah,
2: so, so
3: it, I mean, it's it's funny. When this thought came into my
2: head, look, I don't know really if it's got any, got any basis in, 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 in actual fact, but it does appear so. So... It's almost like in the last, um, if you consider maybe ten years, ten maybe a dozen years, since uh, um, analytics have really taken hold in football, it does appear now that those that are able to use um, these ends to create uh, 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 these analytics to create an environmental domination, ra- rather than simply an ends one, are going to be better than the rest. Which is actually fundamentally why I think. Um, if we remove all the clubs, why well, I think Jurgen Klopp should be the winner this season, and by extension his team, because he's the best proponent of environmental football currently operating. So it's kind of like, if you look back to, Fergie, to, to Fergie's great teams, Mourinho's great teams, even, uh, I won't say to an extent, I mean Wenger, because I think he was a prototype environmental manager, but definitely Ferguson was a superb ends manager, probably probably the best ever. He basically had man-management. What do you mean? Sorry, could, could you just – what do you –
1: the difference between – Okay, so – right,
2: right, 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 Listeners. Right, right. Sorry, guys. So, so essentially, the way I would define it is an ends manager tries to uh, control the ends or let's say the collisions that occur between players during a game. So if you imagine a football game, 90 minutes, 11 players per team, thousands of collisions – My defender versus your attacker, my midfielder versus your midfielder, my striker taking a shot at your goalkeeper. All these collisions occur at the ends of football. So after the tactics are thought out, when the ball is at your feet, you're now at the end of your little move, you must take on a player, something must happen. Environmental is to try and control the whole environment. So just to go back to ends for a moment. The the aim of ends management, and, and I think most managers up until the beginning of the century were ends managers, was to effectively say, well, let's get the best players, let's man-manage them as best we can, let's put in tactics that will help them, where, where tactics means whatever it means. Um, Get the ball to the wing, put the ball into your, your your you know across the ball to your tall striker. Play a a big one and a little one up front. The big one will knock the ball down. To the little one he'll use his end skills to beat a, a defender and score past a, a keeper. Brilliant. That ends football. But environmental is very different. It's to control the environment. So not to worry too much about the collisions, but to worry about where the ball is and where your team is in relation to the ball. And I think it's it's a fundamental difference and. You kind of started to see this. I, I think Rafa Benitez was an incredible environmental manager for his time. You know, he kind of invented this four-two-three-one formation where, you know, he kind of worked out, hang on, we don't have the best players, we don't have the most money, let's try to control the pitch the best we can. Remember, he was a, a great chess player. He used to play chess at the front of the bus on trips to, you know, away, away days. And it just appears to me like that's been taken very much further with guys like Klopp, even Pep. Who you know, I've, I've got a lot of nasty things to say about Pep, but his ability to control the field, albeit with the very best players as well, which gives him a huge leg up, is um, it is something to be admired. The way his team can can function at full speed. Anyway, sorry to 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 just digress onto that whole spiel.
1: No, no needed. Uh, just to, so it's more you're talking then more about sort of space um, versus kind of individual. Skills. It's more well, about space and the, the the interaction of the team rather than right. So
2: uh, actually, pulled to to, to uh, just to plug perched for a moment. I think you mentioned it again. In, in, you actually mentioned it in, in the book in terms of change. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the exact place where you mentioned it. Where, where you were saying that um, system is better than goal. And I think it was one of the psychologists. Uh, uh, it was one of the. Um, was one of the yes. studies? One of the studies that proved that a system is better than a goal, and and and, and so I think it's an extension of their thinking. Uh, it's to create a system on the field that relies less on individual ability, more on the ability of the system. And with football being a team game of eleven players intermoving uh, uh, um, uh, uh, with, with 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 many kind of interchangeable parts per game, it makes sense that if you can control. A system better than your opponent can control his individuals you you you, you probably have a, have a big advantage and to me there's there's nobody better than Klopp at controlling a system so in other words knowing when players should press the ball when players should drop you know a lot of managers became and sorry just, just to digress again a lot of managers became very skilled at defensive uh, uh, environmental control which I think was also, again, a prototype environmental manager like maybe you can think of, um, Erigo Saki, you know, who kind of came with the incredible sort of, uh, what was it, uh, style, a kind of a deep, a deep lying, uh, uh, a bank, uh, two banks of four controlling the space at your own goal, not conceding, and then looking to hit you on the break by using ends systems. So, in other words, very good, which, which
3: Klopp loved, which Klopp loved and tried to understand if you uh,
1: and, and Rafa. Rafa was a big fan of um, of, of Saki as well. That the, the both Klopp and Belinda do the same back four work, um, funneling across, and the way you know, like the, the, the and the kind of position in the midfield it's evolved a bit more recently. Obviously, we've switched um, under Klopp, but yeah, no, that was that was um, from um, Atomic, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear which was the you know f- f- to um you know focus on that was more about if that's the thing i think you're referring to that's more about focusing on process rather than results and that if you keep improving your process the results should naturally follow right, right.
3: and if they don't you've got to still trust it right uh, it, it, yeah and, and um
1: you know you can have i, I guess if you have brilliant individuals, but your process isn't so great, then you might be a bit more streaky, depending on whether, how the individuals are. Whereas if your process, you know, if you can play as well as you can and and, and get, you know, again, it's marginal gains, I suppose, as well, isn't it? But if you can just get everything, focus on everything to work as well as it can work. And then talking about like the, the mentioned earlier about the, you know, we have an amazing front three, we have an amazing goalkeeper and obviously, you know, Great defensive centre backs as well. I, I, I was just thinking, like, is the midfield is the it, it, we also have midfield control, which is something that other other times we may not. Have, a midfield isn't spectacular, but we have a lot more possession now than than in the early days under Klopp. And you know, it, it seems to you know, it's a really it's not always the most exciting possession in the midfield. But the midfield is, is is both brilliant at possession, at, at keeping the ball, but also everyone knows their spatial, you know, a good spatial awareness, and everyone will track back. And I always used people have been getting on Genie with Alden's back because he's supposedly may may leave for Barcelona. But well, yeah, he's the,
2: the, the... a proponent of that of of, of being yeah. able to control the midfield.
1: And the key the key thing with him is, it, although he doesn't make runs into the box unless we really need a goal but he but he is somebody that will run forward and will run back as hard and and that is a kind of an absolute midfield law for, for for Klopp you know there there is and this is where I get onto the concept of like you know of having 14 or 15 players is that if your midfielders run ahead of the ball and then they don't get back then you are playing you know if you've got that extra fitness that you can have Six or seven in attack, and then you can have six or seven in defence. Within two seconds, you've still only got, got eleven players on the pitch, but you are—you you, know—you it feels like you're playing with more. And I think that's a, a huge, huge part of why Liverpool are so good. Um, you so, know, that,
2: yes, and and, and Paul sorry, sorry just to jump in there, but I, I think also again, just to just to maybe take that back to the environmental type of domination which we seem to show. To me, that's a, a, a direct example because Klopp manages to inculcate this um high stamina, high focus, a uh, uh, high regard for your own defensive work as well. It, it it almost appears like we've got more in defense than we should when counterattacks occur against us. And I think that's it's just system. So it's just system, you know, which is why, again, and, and sorry to just uh, to maybe go off topic slightly, but I think it's why maybe we haven't looked at other midfielders yet at this stage in the in the off season, although maybe Tiago will come, but I just think Klopp looks and he says he's thinking to himself, Look, these guys are, are so well drilled in what I want and what I need in my environmental system. That I, I don't really see a need. He probably thinks himself, you don't really see a need, you know, unless there's such a good player. That you can get who might really change things, maybe for example a De Bruyne, for example. But apart from that, I just think the system works so well, and the guys are so well versed in it that, as long as we're we're fit and focused, we should do very well again.
1: Would that just be just to jump in again? Would that um, be one area where City were poor last year? And again, I didn't watch enough of City. I, I you know that, that I would see some games, I would see some highlights. But it was that you know people talk about the brilliant football and they've won eight nil again and and oh something they've lost two nil and it always seemed to be teams they, yeah their their centre backs weren't great but where were the were, you know where were the midfielders busting a gut to get back is that you know is that a, another difference is that something that you've noticed Daniel or you've noticed bees or is that something that the data backs up in any way or
0: yeah. <sighs> No, I was going to say, I'm not sure, to be honest. It's not something I've ever noticed in the uh, sort of available data or anything like that.
1: But would you would would, would that be... That, it, it seemed to me, obviously, because City have a lot of possession, that when they did lose games, it always seemed to be fast players breaking on them, breaking against their kind of weak individual centre-backs.
3: So, so one of the big perceptions about City previous to last season when Pep dropped Fernandinho into centre-defence was that they were the best tactical foulers in the league. So yeah. when when teams were breaking on them, they just just do rugby tackle him right. if you could. Um and and then you get to reset. Because they knew they were committing so many men forward in the possession based um element yeah. of the game that when it came to someone counter attacking on them, they were fragile. Um and this season he drops Fernandinho back and Roger is not as is better on the ball, but is not anywhere near as good positionally yet. So this, they they absolutely got ripped apart by counter-attacking teams: Wolves, Chelsea, us. You know, but then we when they lost, when they lost, that was that was a factor in it.
1: But we do, we we kind of uh, when people talk about how how good a team is, the kind of and again, we'll it's hard with with this season just gone because because we you know we were a bit sloppy at the end when it didn't really matter but is that just that that team that unit the 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 closeness of the players in physical terms on the pitch you know no not not leaving as big bigger gaps having pace in the right areas having a front three you know i i was incredibly impressed with Brewster's penalty area play in the in pre-season and you just look at him and you think you know there's a player you know, and he's just just so sharp in the box but then Klopp's, at, Klopp's at, comes out and says, "Well, yeah, but he's you know he, he, he's got to work on the rest of his game." Which obviously at twenty, and then there's there's rumours that we might actually sell him, which I don't really know what to make of. But uh, he, he, as Klopp has said, to get into the, it's not just the the goals that the front three score; it's the it's the shape, uh, you know, the work they do, you, you know, off the ball, and you know, we look at the preseason game um, the other day when Firmino's. Wins the ball on the edge of his own box and then you know, but, but still has the stamina to get into you know into the other box in kind of no no time at all. I just think that those kind of team aspects, which aren't you know they're not it's not about winning eight nil and how you are the best team when you are you know Man City are brilliant when they're winning three nil. There's not a better team, but just the just the balance of our team and and how we saved you know we saved ourselves after and that's what you guys have talked about and what statsbomb said you know when we were 2-0 up we weren't we weren't pressing like
3: mad to get 3 nil up. We're knocking, we're knocking it about the back.
1: yeah well also,
2: also just to jump in on city for a moment um so firstly just something i suppose maybe that does get lost in the noise is that they ended second in the premier league last year which is a fine result you <laughs> know it's maybe not so good when you've spent 50 billion you know, pounds on your on your on your team, and we all and we all know they've robbed FFP and all that stuff. But you know, which I'm very annoyed about. But but um uh, uh I think last season what happened because of your wife's incompetence, yeah, correct, correct, correct.
3: So, actually, They don't even know. They don't even know their own fucking. But
2: right. so I don't even blame City anymore. You know, if they if 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 the City lawyers turn out to be listening, I'm not blaming you guys. I'm
1: blaming- <laughs> <laughs> really down to Mark. This uh, this I have responsibility for
2: but uh, but uh, uh, certainly I think last season, and I mean I think this is why Bees might have had some difficulty also answering the question, is it almost appeared like they suffered a death from a thousand cuts. I think there were a lot of things in their game that were a little bit off and they all combined. So Paul you were saying one of the things like they got done, you know, counter-attack Wolves, counter-attack Chelsea at the end and but, but I think they got done at the ends. So it's quite funny because Edison didn't make the saves I mean, you know, if you look at uh, um, the game at Anfield. he sh- it wasn't Edison, mind you. Sorry, it was Bravo. No, that was, that
1: but, was the wonderful, the wonderful
2: miniature Bravo. Yes. Yeah, the miniature Bravo. I mean, he kind of uh, uh, we had this unbelievable second goal, but I think a big keeper probably saved Salah's header. Then we had that. We 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 had another great goal, the third goal, but I think a better keeper makes that save. You know, um, yeah. we saw Traore twice. Uh, uh, um, do him in, and I just I just felt at the ends, they weren't good. I mean, another great example against Leon. I mean, Sterling misses from one inch away. It's it's just an ends failure. One
3: inch, that's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> several inches. He missed several You know. I, I, I think I saw a 0.95 XG value for it, so I'll give you that. I thought it was zero
1: point eight seven. I because I, I wrote about it, and but I think it was it was B's. we were saying Info, Info Goal gave it about only zero point five six or something. Something because
0: um, they would something relatively low. Yeah,
1: their model yeah. assumed presumably that the goalkeeper would be in in, in the way <laughs> where he was. You know, normally for that kind of chance of that sort of distance, yeah, there would be a keeper closing the angle as opposed to being on the other side of the of the goal.
3: Right. I'm going to I'm def- right just just give you two Mark and Paul a little bit of time to think. Yeah, let have, a gonna, have something to say. Get I'm going to throw this on Bees oh. because I know he's done the stats prep. <laughs> what what is Liverpool's points total? How many goals do we score? How many do we concede? <laughs> you don't ask much, do you? Um,
0: <laughs> and I assume you mean this season coming rather than last season ended. Absolutely. Um, we definitely that is well it's it's the big question isn't it i suppose i mean the the thing that concerns me ever so slightly is when when you look at the um what you'd call a tight game i.e one decided by one goal either way last year liverpool won 14 games by one goal and they only lost one by one goal now you look at man city they won they won six games by one goal but they lost five games by one goal so we were so much better than them in the tight games. And that's great. That's what you need to do, ultimately, I think, to, to probably win the league. But can we do that again? That's what sort of... that's. I don't, I don't think we're going to fall off a cliff. But I, I can easily see just some of those games going against us where they didn't. Sorry, to, so
1: I'm, I'm interrupting. I know I'm supposed to be giving you a chance to talk, Bees. <laughs> just while you said that, just one team, when you said that, one team sprang to mind from a few years ago... Do you remember who yep. the team was that kept winning one nil? Chelsea. No, Man United, Man United. United in the Oh yes, they won a ludicrous number of games one nil, and that was that was what Ferguson said was their best side. Although um, they won the champ- they won the Champions League the year before, so that's similarity. And Then they won the league, but where they beat us, I think we actually scored more goals than them with Benitez. Ever since, yes, yes. Side, yes. Wasn't very Paul, Paul,
2: and conceded less. Paul, that's right. These, so these will remember also.
1: That they, 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 I was just thinking about that. That would be a team like that, and that then went on. They, they, they weren't. Um, they obviously didn't win the league the next year, but that wasn't the end of Man United, was it? So, although they sold Ronaldo that 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 season, but they still won a couple of titles after that.
0: So, anyway, yeah, I mean, they they had a lot of one nils, as you say. I mean, we had we tended to have more two ones. Yeah. Um, Although, to be fair, as much as they were obviously close results, a lot of them were um, with Adrian in the team. And, and while he made some good saves, some of the goals that we conceded in that period, you'd think Allison probably stops that. Mm. So, you know, it could work both ways if Allison stays fit. I think, what obviously, we don't know what, how it's going to pan out with other teams getting better and stuff like this. But I think it's quite interesting that um, the last four teams to win the league have all had really long winning streaks. So, if you look back, 2001-2, two, Arsenal won, uh, had a winning streak of 13 straight games. And then nobody did that again for 14 years Wow, to that extent. And then, 16-17, Chelsea had a 13-winning game streak. City then had an 18. City had a 14. Liverpool had an 18 last season. So, in the last four years… Did the, we two, the, sorry, didn't we have two 17s? Was it an 18 or was it two 17s or yeah, two one, 18s? Two, one, 18. We had one eighteen. I think we had a seventeen that ran from the end of the previous right. season into this one. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. But within the actual season, it was uh, it was yeah. one eighteen. So, um, yeah. so yeah, it seems like it didn't used to matter particularly about having a winning streak, and in the last four years, it has. I mean, obviously, if teams like Chelsea and Man United do improve, then it's going to be harder to to get these long streaks, but. I think whoever whoever wins the league is probably going to need to go on a winning streak of, you know, at least into double figures and probably similar. I think Liverpool could do that, um, although I haven't sort of studied the fixture list to see how sort of, how the sort of fixtures fall. It's probably going to be harder to do that in such a sort of compacted season. I'm not ducking Dan's question here. I'm just sort of, you know. Numbers, gonna...
3: we need numbers based. Going around the houses, them. okay.
0: It was I a stupid question, Right. <laughs> yes, it's not, exactly, I've got to cut it out a bit, you know. Um are not a clairvoyant. No. Uh, really? I need
3: numbers to check back. <laughs>
0: okay, okay, okay. Well, as I've mentioned before, and um, I think i mentioned on the Anfield Wrap as well, no team has ever got 88 points or more for three seasons in a row. Um, teams have had a couple of good seasons in a row and then they fall off. And, and we saw it with Man City last season. Clearly, it could happen to Liverpool this season after two points and two seasons in the high 90s. So on that basis, I'm going to say Liverpool are going to get 88 points and become the first team to do that. Um, and whether that wins the league, I guess, remains to be seen. But I, I, you can't really be disappointed if you get 88 points. So I think 88 points, and I think they're going to score... Uh, I think they'll score more goals. They might score maybe 90 goals and maybe concede a few less, maybe 94 and 30 against... Wow,
3: 64, 64 goal difference doesn't win the league. Scandalous! But it could win the league. It could with eight points. It could. It could. I uh, just, 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 just to let you know, mine ninety-three, eighty-five, thirty. I, uh, I have. That's your prediction.
1: I have absolutely no idea. Um, but what I would just like to say is that I had, I had no inkling a couple of years ago. I, I would, I, I. You start to think, will Liverpool win the title? Again, in my lifetime, and obviously a lot can change, but I, but but without the kind of ownership that Chelsea and City of you know the crazy investment and the and the financial juggernaut of Man United, no other team would get you know over ninety points. So I, I kind of didn't think we would get not you know a ninety point season. I thought would be the best that Klopp doing his absolute best and working miracles. We could start getting up, maybe up to around a ninety-point season. So, don't you think
3: it's funny, Paul, that literally all Liverpool fans on TTT were convinced that we weren't going to win the league again because of the structure and the system and the finance? I'm just glad Klopp doesn't subscribe to TTT because he manages to convince people to do absolute nonsense on the football field to get 110 points from 140.
1: I, you know, I would do the financial stuff and look at, you know, with transfer price index and we'd work out the cost of the teams and stuff, uh, and adjust everything for inflation and putting everything into the to current day money, we, we judge everything the same. You know, the, the ninety plus point teams were all um, really really expensive teams. You know, Arsenal weren't so expensive in two thousand and four, and they got ninety points. But they were a brilliant team. They had been expensive before that, but to go over ninety points, you just just felt like you needed a huge squad, you know. And uh, you you know what I mean. So so teams like so it's only been, say, pretty much Chelsea and Manchester United and then Man City that were were doing it on budgets that were just were just crazy. And yet I didn't think, um, you know, and Klopp has transformed that more than you know what Guardiola has done. You could talk about aesthetically and, and the hundred points and, and those kind of things, but again, when you're working on mega budgets, you know it's it's kind of harder to, you know, what what do you deserve? Well, you you know, if your team's more expensive than anyone else's, logically, you you know, you should be justifying that by, you know, with big returns. But yeah, cloppers, Kloppers, you know, I mean, I I, you know, I was kind of diff- I, I, the whole Brendan Rodgers era just messed with my mind so much because. It was so all over the place, and
3: and 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 that that was so- ridiculous highs and stupendously memorable lows. And I
1: couldn't get a handle on. Like, I always had a I always had a handle on how good we were underneath. As I thought, uh, you know, until the last season. But you, I kind of always, I would start. We would start seasons poorly, and I would say, no, no, you know, this is a great team. This is going to do much better. And things would always we would always kind of. You know, get to the semis of the Champions League or the final, or you know, finish. You know, we had the eighty-six point season. I always just felt that I had a, a kind of a handle on what that on what that was, and I had a handle on obviously how bad Hodgson was because you know I had a pair of eyes and a functioning brain. <laughs> but with, 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 Kenny, Kenny was kind of difficult because, because the, but that was a that was a kind of a transitional period, and we had that kind of big. The big release after getting rid of Hodgson, and so so that was a bit uh, you know uh, it was a bit difficult. But the, but the Rogers thing, you know, I wasn't I was completely unconvinced when we when we got him. But then I spoke to some Swansea writers, and they were like, no, he's great. Uh, so okay, you know. And then we had a terrible transfer summer, and it was all over the place. And and then we you know the poor poor start to the season. Um, then the committee was created, and we brought in storage and Coutinho. The results improved but even by, by the end I was kind of like well you know that that final season before the, um, the you know what was the was it 2015-16 when clock so 2014-15 I was kind of pretty much saying well we're on par and then I got kind of all this got slated I think even Rogers himself Rogers himself you know got in touch with me via via a third party and I, I kind of didn't get involved but was kind of like curious as to what my kind of analysis was and and I was pretty much just arguing the case you know we we are pretty much par and then then we then we got stuff with at Watford beat us at home and then and then the Stoke game and I just thought oh my good god and, and, and you know it just felt like we we yeah we we were par but, but those kind of final results and then losing 3-0 at home to West Ham the start of the next season we just fell off a, we fell off a cliff in terms of that, but I didn't think. I, I did say that summer that if we got somebody like Klopp, that we, you know, obviously you could then look at getting above par. But but the, most of the models, when I looked at it, you know, you'd get above par by a couple of positions, and yeah. and, and and not by and not by sort of thirty point margins. You know what I mean? But whereas um, with Klopp, it's it it's just it, you know it just he has he has written rewritten the rule book in terms of oh, people think we cost a lot of money the side, but obviously, and the, and the net spend argument is is fuzzy because you can always pick different cut off points. But obviously, with net spend, we sold Coutinho and we bought the player, but we we still had a you know the third most expensive team last season by quite quite some distance, and probably the uh, one of the biggest distances ever between the most expensive side, who were City, and you know uh, and the team in third. You know, we were miles behind them in terms of how much our, our team cost. Even with it, with a couple of expensive additions, so what what club has done is kind of rewritten that. But so even though it doesn't feel like we've been overperforming by massive amounts on XG, you do have to sort of think, you know, will there just be a bit of a plateauing? And even then, if we if we if we reverted to mean, that would be a huge, a huge drop. You know what I mean? So I don't think that's going to happen, but it could be, you know. To, to keep this sort of level going, 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 is pretty. It, it would be pretty well. It, again, it would be un, as as B said. if We got enough, if, we, if we beat eighty eight points again, which I think we could do. I'm not. If we're going to win the league, but we, you know, we've got a good enough team to get to get to do that again. That would be that would be unprecedented, and it's just yet another unprecedented thing that Klopp would have done, including getting us to the to, to the highest ranked the highest ranked English side in history according to the, it the Club Yellow Index. I don't yep. think there were any yeah. Clubs above us were there. We were fourth, fourth overall. Different, different time, different metrics. But, but you know, it's just so many things that we've exceeded the the logical expectations on that. It, it, it is. It does feel hard. You know, to predict in some ways. Can we keep defying those those expectations? On some, on one hand, you think, well, if we've done it this for this long, we can keep doing it. And on the other hand, you think, well, surely there must be a point soon where kind of reality sets in.
3: Yeah. And, you... and, uh, any numbers, Paul? Mm-hmm. Any, have you got numbers? No. League points total, goals scored, goals conceded? Um,
1: no, because it's,
3: it's a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I expected. And that is a bad answer. Mark. Mark, you've got you've got to fall for the bait.
2: Well, you know, I, you know, Dan, I I um I do love a punt. So I mean, for me, <laughs> um, for me, I think we will. I think we will draw. I think Paul probably has kind of hit the nail on the head with the with the whole, um, you know, the expectations and perhaps that just a, a little bit just come and even Bees pointed out we won a lot of. Really pointless exercise so, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, I kind of think I think i think eighty six to eighty seven points, I think a goal difference in excess of fifty, and I don't think we'll concede more than thirty, and I think it will be more than enough to win the title
3: so i I'm definitely the most optimistic of the three because someone won't pin the nail to the donkey. <laughs> 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 I think what's going to be interesting,
0: I was just sort of thinking about it while Paul was talking, and when you think about um, Klopp's time at Liverpool, it's effectively got better and better and better every single year because they start off with a couple of cup finals, then they qualify for the Champions League. 100
3: points! 100 points! Well,
0: I mean, you know, then they go to the Champions League, then they get to the Champions League final, then they win the Champions League, then they win the league earlier than any team's ever done it, seven games before. I mean, they they can't possibly keep getting better forever, can they? They can't. I mean, unless they win the league and the Champions League, you know, this season will be the first one where they uh, perhaps take a step back and it mightn't be a major step back. But um, it's just interesting because, you know, people always say progress isn't linear. And yet for Klopp's Liverpool, obviously there's bumps along the way, but but, but basically they've just achieved something better and better every year. So
1: I I think, can they
0: do that for a sixth year? I mean, it's, it's a big ask. I well, think on that,
1: on the point there about, about improvement, there was just something again from the book. Um, now I'm now I'm plugging the book about um, the work of Adam Green um, and you know organizational psychologist and, and looking at teams. Again, I've mentioned it in in previous work, but just that there, there is so much that shows that keeping. And I, I argued it last year when we only signed a reserve goalkeeper and two seventeen-year-olds or sixteen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old, but that. People want the new signings, and sometimes you get a big a big burst from a new signing, but the the, the chaos of it can sometimes you know you don't have that the, the, the teamwork and, and the examples they talk about are like a, a, a surgeons and pilots that even even pilots that are tired perform better with a familiar team than a fully refreshed group of pilots that are working together for the first time and so there's lots of evidence on, on this and they do talk about it in basketball as well I, I think it applies to football, I guess the only you say the problem is if you get if you get staleness setting in but this team is interesting because I think we're now averaging around seven, tw- 27 years old um, But it's but it's more that pretty much everyone is around the age of 27 rather than you know, two nineteen-year-olds. You know, two thirty-four-year-olds. We've got Milner, but but he's not really part of the first team. You know, Trent plays like he's twenty-seven. But, you know, he, he's Trent. Trent and Joe are the two are the two only under 25s now. I think we've got you know in the in the eleven. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of players around the age of twenty-eight, twenty-nine. So the front three are twenty-eight. Van Dyke, the Dutch guys, Van Dyke and Ronaldo are twenty-nine. We've got nobody in the first team that is kind of melting. Um, We've got no rookies in the first team. We've just got this really, really good age and this good stability. And the team has been together. The core of it has been together for between two and three years. So based on research, if we're going to be optimistic here, we would say that this team can get better. So the team can improve, but then you can improve and you know it's like in the Champions League, you can improve and you can go out you know yes. uh, and in the league, <laughs>
3: how to improve on that yeah
1: and uh, so i think <laughs> I think that um so I'm optimistic in that sense in that I think I think there's another good two years in this team with minimal tweaking, obviously, then if you're going into a season after that you you know you don't want to be overhauling the entire front three together at the same stage, so there has to be some evolution. But then but then you can just see, well, someone like Harvey Elliott, is he going to, you know, or and Brewster, whether he stays or go, these players like that, are they going to do what Trent did and come through when they weren't really on the radar too much? Um, but then you've also then got that problem of bringing players through, you know, when Trent, Trent came through, same as when Michael Owen came through and Fowler, you know, a lot of players come through during difficult times you know but then we've got players like Kater navigator who just think you know there's just so much more to come from him if he can stay fit it's not like we've it's not like we've reached the potential i don't think in terms of how well we can play but we could play better and you know we could play you know outstanding football and you know a few mistakes here and there and you can end up as i say with with points in the 80s rather than 99 points
3: so Nabi could be De Bruyne levels of contribution. I've, I've 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 got to switch it to the I've got to switch it to the book now though, Paul, and I'm just going to end I'm I'm going to end the preview by saying it's free on Tompkins' Times now to read the articles. So go and read if if you're if you're a freeloader. <laughs> go and read the rise of brilliance. What to expect from the next Premier League title race? Part one and part two, but all three, and then definitely if you if you want some inspiration for a bit of emotion and rage and feeling, go and read the two-part penalty articles. Sure. One from Paul, one from Bees. I did the video, and I was. I, can, I cannot believe it. We are definitely getting more than 10 penalties next season, unless it's an absolute conspiracy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a man for conspiracy, but if we don't get 10 pens and United get 20 next season, I'm giving that up. It's um,
1: generally one area where we, and I, uh, my piece I was talking about that a single goal is worth, on average, a point. And so, and a penalty is is three quarters of a goal on probability terms. So, you know, if there are tight games like the Leicester game, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we only got five penalties. Which, you know, Man United got fourteen, Man City got eleven. If we're getting just five league penalties, and uh, you know, of those, you think of the last minute what one against Leicester, but there weren't. You know, we weren't relying on penalties to win us games. Whereas if we have tight games this season, hopefully um, we might get a few more penalties. Although, as Bees has put in his piece, we haven't conceded a lot of penalties. And so I also just wonder if teams that are going for the title, you know, on average, teams teams that are outside the top four, you know, mid-table teams get a higher number of penalties than you would expect. Is that because they're not involved in anything? Or is that because they've got, you know, British players that seem to get more penalties? That's another. That's another issue. <laughs> I'm gonna
3: because st- Paul seems determined not to promote perched on this podcast. But I'm gonna, <laughs> apart from pay Mark to mention it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna come to bees because bees. You've had a lot of involvement in this um, research, um, ed- ed- editing. I quoted bees a lot. I, it was getting to the point where.
1: Um, yeah, I was kind of like um, looking for stats and interesting pieces, and I think it's like how many times can I mention Andrew Beasley? Do I? <laughs> do I start calling him Bees in the book? Do I? Do I? You know, I've mentioned him so much. Do I refer to him just as
0: Andrew? You
1: know,
3: you definitely should have called him Bees by Pat. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, but yeah, you can never mention me too many times. It's all right.
1: It's yeah, all right. it
0: was. If I know, go ahead. Well, I'm not sure what the question was, really, but if it's about the book, I mean, yeah, I I, I did obviously contribute little bits of bobs of research to the book, either from stuff I'd written or I looked up a couple of new bits for Paul when he was writing it. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I've I've read it. I did a bit of proofreading of the book as well. And um, it's just really interesting. I mean, it's just, it's...
3: Can I just say, are you the most humble man of all time? Because that, that is such an underestimation of
0: what you did. Is that
1: a humble brag? Maybe it was a humble brag. No, no.
0: No, no I mean, well... Humble <laughs> brag. That's honestly how I saw it. But, you know, thank you very much. If you think, I mean, if you think my name should be on the cover, just say, I'm all right with that, you know.
3: I've got the emails to prove with the page and line numbers of all the edits you did. It doesn't mean you did the edits,
0: though. I just suggested them. It doesn't mean you did them, you know.
1: Do you know, do you know what, though? It, as, as with last year, it was going to be a TTT book, um, which we'd done in the past. And I kind of thought, in some ways, it's harder... Pulling together everybody's disparate voices, do you know what I mean? I thought I'll just kind of, you know, I'll I'll use the 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 T T T hive mind and all the kind of knowledge and you know, it could easily have been a you know a, a book where where you know there's certainly you bees, but you know, it, it just it, obviously this book went a bit crazy because, um, you know, writing it as the season unfolded and then and then ended up pretty much rewriting whole chunks of it because of of lockdown and the way everything changed. But, um, but yeah, Bees was definitely um, – because obviously you're doing a lot of Echo stuff as well, aren't you, Bees? Which was, you, you know, you, you'd have some cracking stats in there. And so it was um, – I think, yeah, you, you guys – are uh, um, with Mark.
3: Be- Be- Bees' Echo article is the only thing I've ever read on the Echo for the last 12 months. Um, it's a must-read after every game. Well, thank
0: you very much. You, I should yes. probably plug my forthcoming little collection yes. uh, book of them at this point then, shouldn't I? Is that just your echo, columns, or is that your TTT I, stuff?
3: I was, I was trying to be a pro then and introduce that <laughs> for you, Pete.
0: Uh, well, it's, I've just got to um, finish sorting it out, but i hopefully get it out in the next couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, it's mainly um, match reports for the Echo, but some of them did a first appear on TTT because I wasn't scheduled to work for the Echo after the midweek games and stuff like that. Um but yeah, to be honest i just did it for myself as much as anything it's sort of collecting together all my post match reports from the 38 league games um last season so yeah it's just going to be out as an ebook uh, probably on amazon or something like that but uh, i will be mentioning it on a hourly basis on twitter and probably ttt once it's available so uh, yeah uh, obviously if people want to buy that when it's out that would be great but um as i say it was kind of more for myself just to have a little little document well, of, of what was an incredible season really.
3: I've read it and most of the people who follow the post-match analysis articles on TTT will have read it as well because we all keep the clicks going I think <laughs> is it? That, that's what you like isn't it? Yeah just
0: read it on TTT as long as you click the link it probably keeps me employed that's the main I, thing yeah I do
1: feel so guilty in that um, it crashes it crashes my browser as it does with the Echo site does with other people's browsers but then when I I was right, there was something on the Echo that I really had to read on my phone, and the adverts. Every time I moved to scroll, the advert went over what I was trying to read, and I was just like, "No, that's it. I'm, I'm you know, I, I I I give up. I don't understand the business model of if you're actually making it impossible, you know, to read free content because of adverts. Then you know, but that, that you know that's another issue. But um, that won't happen with your book,
0: obviously, because your book will <laughs> <laughs> No advert free, definitely, yeah. Much easier to read.
3: Mark, you've read uh you've read Perch, Yes. On on Kindle, <laughs> which is a little technical issue we've had before the podcast. <laughs> How uh and you were quoted extensively in one chapter in particular. Uh what do you think of it? Well, Pop- Matt-
2: yeah, apart from the chapter. Well, I mean, if 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 I was to summate and I actually uh, uh, tried to write a few notes, you know, I th- you know, I, I knew we were doing the podcast, and um, I knew it was going to be part of the discussion. So, I...
3: why does that not surprise me that you've written some notes? <laughs>
2: <right>? <laughs> <laughs> but but no no. So I started to write a few notes, and really, what I kept coming back to, and something that I think all the guys who who helped write, you know, obviously Paul, Andrew, and all the the rest of the half mind that was involved. Um, I think the big thing about Perch that stands out is this marginal gains. Uh, we saw it with, um, is it Honomak, the uh, the um, throw-in coach yeah. who Paul talks about at length. Um, so that, that certainly stuck out for me. Uh, the other huge thing that stuck out for me um, was that essentially, and we all know this, and I think it's, again, is the focus, and it just comes through so many times in Perch, is that we've got a manager who's just top of the pile. So I think Paul said it at one point in the book. He said, Klopp humanizes the data. And I thought that was a brilliant, succinct way of um, at once cutting through to what our advantage is and in showing why we've got the best manager. So we've got all this data, which is so important nowadays in analyzing football. And you can use it, but only to an an extent, because at the end of the day, you have to coach players. You have to man-manage. You know, Mane and Salah have a fight. You have to manage that fight. Um, Adrian has this unfortunate error against Atletico, you've got to manage the error and so on and so on. You know, look at a guy like Lalana. He hardly played. He hardly played this year, but when he leaves, he leaves to a hero's ovation because of what he's given to the club. You know, I read a letter today from that Hendo wrote to uh Dayan Lovren, and it really was a touching letter. I'm not sure if you guys have read it. He really just such beautiful, kind words about about Dejan and, Lover and re- really just great stuff. And it's just, it all is inculcated and cultivated by Jurgen Klopp. That's what comes through the book, is that we've got this guy. Everything flows through him. And to me, this is the fundamental. If you want to see how the future is going to play out, just look at the past. We've got this guy. He's brilliant. He's the difference. He's the competitive advantage. We still have him, and he's still hungry. And that's
1: my okay. take on the book. So one, one, one thing I've just realised that we've omitted is, you know, we've talked about the how, the brilliance that Klopp adds, and you mentioned it there, Mark. Just one thing is how good the data is uh, and how good Michael Edwards and Ian Graham and all, all those people. And I, in, in the book, I go to great lengths to praise yes. them as well. because They are regarded as, as the best in the game. But what I, I, I'm not, you know, I think we would be better the, you know, the, with those guys in the background, we would be improving as a club and as a team. But as you saw in the difference between Rodgers, who wasn't, who was actively actually in the end kind of yeah. working against them, you know, to, 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 it clops humility and, and just like you know, these guys know what they're doing. You know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with them when that, what what they tell me. I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna use it. Um, that's kind of uh, that would be the secret recipe and i think that klopp on his own could have made us maybe a 90 point team if if you know it, 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 without those guys if if we just had such sort of standard recruitment and the recruitment worked well and but i just think that just yeah just the, the the details and it's it is it's the other people that help with those details but it's also klopp's willingness on but i think thomas gromark Grun- i don't know how he pronounce his surname um, the throwing coach was something that I think Klopp saw, you know, saw something about him and got in touch, and and so um, it, it, and then it was it was it's Klopp's willingness to then to think about things like that and think, well, I don't really know about throw-ins, you know, I just know that we lose the ball a lot when we throw the, you know, and then to take to take that advice and then uh, you know I lost count about 15 goals I think that we scored that came from throw ins without it might not have been directly from a throw-in straight away, but was from, you know, we scored a lot of goals from throw-ins in our in our own air in our own half where we threw it long infield to space and we built an attack quickly and it might have been like ten passes, but we but then we scored. So I just think, yeah, it's it's a kind of strange combination of so many so many things that have come right in the last couple of years. And even, even with, the, with the transfers, you think about, I've done a lot in the past about transfer success rates, but it, it, it's now getting harder for, for anyone we do buy to become a to become scene as a transfer success. So you've got like Minamino, who's started to look the part in pre-season. But how does he get, he's not going to start games regularly at the moment. So how does he become a transfer success? Because it needs, we've got so many transfer successes in the team. That it's it, you know what I mean it's hard to then get get new ones in so we've, we've kind of in a way we've we that's another area where we, it feels like a we've peaked but b
3: don't you think there's a plan for that
1: I, I think they are they are planning for it but it's again it's just not
3: you don't think they'll have like a, a set amount of minutes that they think Minamino needs to get before they're going to even make any kind of judgment. 50 Fifty two thousand minutes, maybe. So if Firmino gets three thousand. Minamino gets two thousand. That
1: depends on how Minamino does, doesn't it? If Minamino like gets some minutes and takes, you know, scores, creates, plays how he's been playing in preseason, and how he plays for Salzburg, yeah,
3: yeah. You mentioned in the book how he's one of the most impressive players you've ever seen live in an opposition.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I I was just I'm not up to date on on the smaller leagues in Europe, I didn't, you know, I'd heard of Haaland because he was starting to be hyped. I didn't know anything about Minamino at all. And I spent the game, God, who's that, who's that, who's that guy? Bloody, you know, he's, he, and, he, and he's everywhere. And he and I just, just looked. There, there, there's not many times when I've seen an opposition team that has kind of, yeah, I remember Rafa's Valencia coming 2001, 2002, maybe. And, and just thinking, my God, they didn't give us a, a touch you know it's it's not often that you see something that that you know upon you yeah and i just thought yeah he so he was hugely hugely impressive now i think he's a great talent but he's in a different position to when Mane came in when Mane came in what were we what were we i think you were trying to think then were we we just finished where were we finished eighth was that the, after the the euro league so Mane, yeah, marne comes in there's a place for him um Salah comes in there's a place for him now we don't necessarily expect Salah's going to start like that but they, but when he comes in there's a place for him um you know but but other players Fabinho Robert Robertson Oxley Chamberlain obviously take time but there's just we have so many good players that are playing such good football that how does somebody new get the, get the required minutes I and mean, you can plan for it but it's just it's just we're at that point where it's 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 difficult again what, what I said earlier about Trent, when he came in, he came in because Klein was injured, and we didn't have any other right backs. And so you can throw in a kid, and nobody's expecting too much. Whereas at the moment, you know, we're not—we're way, way beyond that. And 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 it's kind of a—it's one of the, the 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 downsides of success is that it, it, in some ways it's harder to integrate new players because the team is on such a such a different level. But at the same time, you know. We've got players like Minamino and Cater that 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 can add new dimensions if if they get game time. And that's another problem is that the forwards touch wood; they don't really get injured too much. You know, we have had, I think we've played seventeen or eighteen games. I think I went through in the book. It might have been your stats, bees. I got you to look this up. But you know, our record without one or two of the of the strikers is excellent. We just haven't had many times when we've been without them. Do you know what I mean? So. You
3: know, that's, yeah, decent against
2: Barcelona. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Paul, just, just just one of the things that that maybe uh, can can maybe um, provide a counter uh, a view to to that is that yes, I, I I completely agree. It's hard for the guys to to come in and replace people that are on form, so it's difficult for them to get the requisite minutes to be called a success. But for me, that, that's actually another show of this guy, this this you know Kloppos. Unbelievable man management. His his management of expectations of new signings. You know, I mean, I kind of remember when um uh, Coutinho signed, and I was excited. He was Brazilian, came from Inter Milan, came with great fanfare, eight million pounds. It was pretty cheap. It looked like we'd done a good deal, and he came on in on uh, I think in a week a week night game, which we wound up drawing or losing. Wasn't a great performance, and I just thought, geez, this guy's slight. And I thought, <laughs> I thought if this guy doesn't pick it up quick. He's he's nothing's gonna happen here. And it's it so happens he was a fantastic player. But it just goes to show that my mind was already set. The first time I saw him, I thought, well, either this guy's gonna sink or swim. But with Klopp, we know he, he, he gives guys ages of time and and, and and he keeps talking about them and he keeps them involved. I mean I think back to Moreno even, who was, was almost but,
3: but he also likes taller players as well. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. You know, so so he he, he kind of um, we we think about a guy like Fabinho here of Robertson. They both arrived. They had barely any game time the first six months, you know. And people, you know, the press wanted to stoke up a problem. Yeah, this guy's a flop. You spent a lot of money and not good. And he just battered it away. Just said the. Was-
3: well, I, I heard that Fabinho Fabinho's going back to Monaco for thirty million what? in the in this. In the first season, transfer rumor on the BBC, Rock. so there you He's go.
2: unsettled on Liverpool, doesn't like it, it's not working out. Robertson can't believe he hasn't had a chance. And you know what, so so I kind of see, I, I see this very positive thing where Klopp comes out and says, you know, a guy like Minamino, he's adjusting, he's learning the language. He also says, you know, oh, he's had COVID, it was very unpleasant for him on his own, it wasn't good. Uh, um, I, I think he's just such a great manager of people such a such a good fatherly figure not just for the people but for the expectations of the fans who watch these guys so i think just to to answer the question i think minamino will have a long time to prove himself and i think i think that's great i think he'll need time because you're right he's not going to get that many minutes unless there's an injury but I, i think he will get the time enough to prove himself and i think that's different with this manager as opposed to many other managers and fan base's who are who are taught from that from that, you know, it's it's a vicious cycle. They kind of get it from the club, they then give it back to the club. This player's no good, he's not playing, he's rubbish, he's a flop. You know, within two months the guy's a flop, he's a flop, he's a flop. I mean, you just hear that so often. You just never seem to hear that about any Liverpool players. You know, even guys that came in that didn't do so well, you just don't hear it. It's just it's not it's just unheard of. And that's just because of Klopp's man management. No,
1: thank and thank you, Mark, for your all your work on TTT, all your comments, you know, you're, you're somebody I, I, whose comments I always, always read. Um, and as I say, one of the things I struggle with, I ha- obviously I have everybody writing for the site to help me out and obviously i pay pe- people if they're, if they're right, you know, if that's their job. Um, some people volunteer articles and things. Um, and that's to help, you know, that's to, that's to help me in part. But then there's so much, so much, so many long, long articles that I, I I struggle to, you know, great in depth articles that I w- I do catch up on, but not, you know, I, I can't keep on top of of the content, um, you know. But I'm, you know, I, I'm always
3: always. I, th- I think if we did it a tick per post, I think Mark's up there in the top three. If we take you out, well, Mark and Mark and B. Be- <laughs> Fine. Um, I want to be these.
0: <laughs> so I might have a few years head start on you, though. You see, that's the problem. <laughs> no. <I wouldn't. laughs>
1: yeah. Jeff-, Jeff has his own fan club. I think. I think Jeff. Jeff. You know. Um. He's in his seventies, and he. And I, I. Yeah. I think if he was younger, I would just hand the site over to him. Probably. Um. Change the Change The name. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you
3: know. The Jeff Kins Yeah. <laughs> he's.
1: You know. He's fantastic and you know I'm you know I'm hugely grateful for the community and, and I just wanted you know I know we're running over here but I, I, when it comes to my own work now it's so influenced not by any one an individual but by and I talk about the hive mind and you know with so many different intelligent perspectives from from the site and from all the people and I don't know I appreciate people now would get this from Twitter if they follow the right people as well but it's it, it it's just so much more of a you know it's it's it, 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 so many things feeding into what I end up writing and you know it's you kind of learning um about stuff from people all around you all the time um and you know that's just uh one, you know so I so I write this book and I'm not I'm not uh, you know, doing the humble thing, humble brag of, you know, saying it's just come, you know, I'm just a conduit. It's just come through me. But it, it is, it isn't a one-man job. You know what I mean? And it isn't. You know, people like Chris as well with, with you know, you've got people like Chris. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, I just think, yeah, there's so many aspects that, that you know, it's my name on the site and which, I you know, you know that I've tried to change the name or wanted to change the name in the past because, you know, it was originally just going to be my blog and then it kind of grew and, you know, now it just, you know, when you
3: name... Now, now you've got a transfer law named after well, it. Well, only
1: by Dan Bennett. Um, you know, I, don't know. I, I keep quoting <laughs> it, but nobody else has picked up on it yet. So, um, you know, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's just, it, I, I'm, there were people, there were going to be far more people that will that end up reading my books than, than subscribe to the site but it's 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 kind of that you know it's that that interchange of ideas and not, you know we don't have massive disagreements on the site because we all kind of you know it, it, it's, it's, we don't just all agree with each other but we don't have massive disagreements either but it's a kind of a, a feeding in of ideas and you know so if b says something you know or you daniel if you know if actually,
3: you need the evidence. You need yeah, the
1: evidence, yeah. and, and, and we can all argue about well, the evidence lies on this occasion, but uh, but at the same time, you respect you respect that that evidence. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, it doesn't tell you the whole story, but you respect where you know, and then and then you get these little bits that you kind of then join together, and that's how I my cohesive view of football, you know, comes about. And then you know, um, so I, you know, as I say. The, in my name the sites in my name but but the the, the community is is king and queen